And if it is your first time to Vision City Church, welcome. We are going to be continuing our series entitled Armor Up here at Vision City Church, our four-week study on spiritual battle and the armor of God. And we're excited for you to be joining with us today. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And we decided to go through this passage of Scripture because this year for 2015 is going to be a breakthrough year for for all of us, I believe, where we are going to get closer to the Lord and we're going to get stronger in our relationships with Him. And this is what it's all about. When when a lot of the world for 2015 is talking about how we can be more monetarily successful and how we can move up the corporate ladder, we were looking at how can we be more like Jesus? How about that for a New Year's resolution? We're hoping that this isn't just a resolution that lasts one week, but more as probably we could say a New Year's revolution, like where our life changes, where we are not the same person that we were last year, this year, that the same habits that we were battling last year aren't the same habits that we're battling this year. And so as we've decided to look for four weeks at this particular passage of Scripture, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to do a quick little recap. Uh, before we get into our verse, which is verse 14 this morning. But uh, that as we do, uh, let's, let's go ahead and start off with prayer. Father, we pray, God, that you would bless now the reading and study of your word. We ask, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit here today. And, Lord, that we would be men and women that are doers of your word, not hearers only. And so, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us, that you would help us, Lord, to be victorious over those areas of temptation and sin that we know oh so well. And, Lord, we ask, God, that we would truly not fight, Lord, from a place of despair or hopelessness, Lord, but we would fight from that vantage point of victory, knowing that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And so, Lord, this morning we ask that you would add your blessing to the reading and study of your word. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. So if you've not yet turned there, we are in Ephesians chapter 6. If you have a Bible, uh, you can turn there. If you have an app, you can open it up. And we are going to continue our study. But here's the recap. Beginning in verse 10, Ephesians chapter 6, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of of his might. And last week we looked at how it's not our might, but it is his might, his strength, not ours, his. As the prophet Zechariah said, not by might, nor by, or recorded not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. In verse 11, Paul would go on to write and say, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The armor of God isn't something that's derived from you and me. Like, man, I'm feeling really good today. I feel like everything's looking up. It has nothing to do with feelings. Feelings fluctuate. They go up and they go down. They change from one day to the next. You know, and even depending on, you know, which sex you are, that happens a little bit more than the other. Just kidding. Sorry. (laughs) Had to say that. This is something that we don't base the reality of our relationship with God upon. 
And by the way, I didn't say male or female. You never know. We have some moody people on both sides. So this armor that we're looking at today comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. It comes not from us, but the power of God working through us. And I'm hoping today, as we have our second service in this new year, that we see that it's the power of God that gives us victory, not our willpower, not our determination, but it's the Holy Spirit giving us victory over sin. It is the Holy Spirit that works in our life and then works through our lives. God is the one that empowers us to fight. He enables you to stand. And when it comes to battling, you know that the last one standing wins. The last one standing wins. That's why he says stand. That's why he says hold fast. That's why we'll see what do I need to do in order to stand, in order to be victorious over sin. When temptation comes, when there's people and obstacles in my life, how do I overcome those things? In verse 12 he says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, in the heavenly places. Now, this is important for us to understand because a lot of times we live life like it's just whatever my eye can see. You know, that person's just really bothering me. They just have some kind of attitude problem. They need an adjustment, you know, like that kind of thing. Or, or you know, this situation that's happening over here in this part of the world. And why are people doing these terrible kind of things where, you know, you see people killing people and we see the t- acts of terror and just atrocities that are happening around the world. I mean, we see these kind of things and we think, man, what is, what is their problem? Or, or why would they do something so evil or so bad or et cetera, so on and so forth? And we don't realize that there are actually spiritual forces that are moving behind the scenes. It's not just that person or that people group. It is actually what the Bible tells us, principalities and rulers and princes in the heavenly realm in the spiritual realm that oversee these kind of things and so we walk into a different neighborhood we go into a different experience in life and we cannot as christians if we're going to be victorious we cannot as christians take things at surface level value we can't you have to understand that there are there are things happening behind all of that spiritual things he says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Oh, this guy, he's coming at me. And, you know, why does this person keep calling me? Like, you know, maybe you're in a relationship and you're trying to end it because, you know, you're dating and, and it's just not working out. Maybe you've gotten sexually involved or maybe somebody's abusive or they're not faithful or whatever. And you're trying to, you're ending it and you want to go in a different direction. And, 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 and something just keeps hounding you in that area. Maybe you're, you're feeling like, why do I want to do something that's wrong? Why do I feel like I want to do something that I know God tells me that I shouldn't be doing? Why do I have a desire for that? These things are spiritual. These things we need to recognize as a wrestling type of scenario. And somebody is going to win and somebody is going to lose. Wrestling. Submission. We could even say this morning, don't tap out to sin. Don't tap out to temptation. 
And this morning, if you're taking notes and if you use social media, we're going to be using the hashtag armor up. And so if you have anything that the Lord speaks to you uh, through this, through the scriptures or whatever, you know, write that down and hashtag yourself armor up. You can post that wherever you can quote whatever, but start making like notes of this kind of thing to file away. Because when you get in an argument with your husband or your wife or you're about to or your children are misbehaving or your friends are doing things that aren't right or your coworkers are asking you to be unethical or whatever it might be, you're going to be able to recognize that this is something more than meets the eye. I'm not going to try to use any transformer analogies this morning, but it is more than meets the eye. Ephesians 6.13 says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. When it says in verse 13, the whole armor of God, it is insinuating that you can only take up part of the armor of God. And he's saying take up the whole armor of God. Some of us don't realize that you need the entire armor of God in order to be victorious over sin. You need the whole armor of God in order to stand. You know, some of you might run around with your sword like, ah! like that, but you have no shield, you have no helmet, you're stepping on glass because you have no shoes, you need to have the whole armor of God. Maybe this morning you're caught up in lies, so you don't have the belt of truth, and you're getting tripped up in your Christian walk. Or maybe you're caught up in self-righteousness, you know, leaving yourself vulnerable to deadly blows. You need the breastplate of righteousness. Or maybe you have the breastplate of righteousness, but you have nothing to fight offensively. You know, like, well, hey, man, I, I got the breastplate right here. Well, I, I hate to break it to you. Like, the breastplate of righteousness is not an offensive uh, a weapon. You don't have the breastplate of righteousness so you can chest bump somebody to death. Like, back, a back, you know, like that kind of thing. It's not an offensive tool. You need the sword of the Spirit, which is our one offensive weapon. So as we go through this series, we'll see the importance of the whole armor of God. The whole armor. Which in return means that you need to not have an impartial knowledge of the word of God. So many, so many times we get in trouble in our relationship with God because we don't know the whole truth. We, we hear bits and pieces of it. Like, you know, uh, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his girlfriend and the two shall become one flesh. Oh, that sounds right. No, it's not girlfriend. It's wife. That's partial. You know, or, you know, uh, uh, you can add whatever you want from the scriptures where people are like, hey, I'll take this half, but I don't like this other half over here. So I reject that and I'll just have this little part here. And then we don't realize that that part only leads you to a place where you don't want to be. In Matthew chapter 7, you don't have to turn there, but in verses 24 through 27, it says, Jesus speaking, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And I don't know if that sounds like any of your homes today. The rain's falling, and the waves are coming up, and the wind's blowing and beating down on you. But it says, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, their home will not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But Jesus will give the antithesis of that and say, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. 
this year, I don't think we want to see any homes falling collectively. I don't want to see any individual homes falling, meaning us as the, the temple or the house of the Holy Spirit, if you will. The Lord tells us in his word that if we're, if we're following Jesus and we've given our life to him, that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. He calls us, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And even for this morning's purposes, we can say the house of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit dwells, so that you hear and you do, so you do not fall. Because if you fall, it's great. And some of us this year, we've, this, this year we, we've come to that point where like, I don't want to repeat my past mistakes. I don't want to go that direction again. But I'm going to tell you right now, there are always warning signs that happen before you sin. There are always things that will pop up by the Holy Spirit saying, hey, no, don't do that. That's wrong. No, no, no. Red flag warning. I mean, some of us need like a giant red flag, like the size of the, the Pentagon's, Pentagon's United States of America flag. It's like, hello, this is a bad sign. You don't want to go in this direction. We get signs and the Lord speaks to us and shows us, hey, no, no, no. Conviction of the Holy Spirit happening inside. We want to be men and women that build our individual homes upon that rock. And basically, Jesus summed it up in verse 24 where he said, hears and does. Unfortunately, even in the church, there's a whole lot of hearing, but not a lot of doing. A whole lot of hearing, but no doing. The key for all of us this year is putting into action the things that God's word says. So know the word of God. It encompasses the whole armor. And now verse 14, as we get into our new verses this morning. Paul says, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. With truth in the world that says there's no absolutes, which is an absolute. Where they say there's no truth, everyone does whatever they want. No, he says, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. It doesn't say stand having girded your waist with a nice sash. He's talking about the belt that holds the armor together. And this is truth. Knowing what is true. And that's why I think even in churches today that there are some people that don't want to know the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. They want to know and hear what they want to know and hear, and that's it. And so even at times, there will be pastors that will get up on a stage like this, and they'll tell you things that you want to hear. And they won't tell you the things that you need to hear. But hopefully, by God's grace, this will be a church Whether you love or hate the pastor, at least you'll know what the truth is. Knowing the truth is important. It's important. Why? Why? Well, because Satan lies. Satan lies. He lies. I don't need to see a show of hands, but I guarantee that there's a hundred percentile right here that every single one of us at one time or another have believed a lie of Satan. Absolutely true, every single one of us. You don't matter. You've gone too far. You've sinned too much. You've really blown it. God doesn't love you. God's not interested in you. You can go ahead and sin and just do whatever you want, and it's okay. There's no consequence for sin. Jesus isn't the only way to get to heaven. There's many ways to get to heaven. Maybe things that have caused you to be depressed, isolated, lonely, discouraged. Jesus said in John 8, 44, Satan was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. 
When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But man, those lies sound so good. They sound so amazing. Things that kind of sound like this. Everybody's doing it. It'll make you feel so good. You really want to. You're going to be so sorry you didn't go with that group of people. Oh, man, you're going to miss out on all the fun. You can get away with it. It's okay. They'll understand. She'll get it. You can do whatever you want. Satan lies to trip us up in our race and our walk with God. If we don't know the truth, then we will be taken wherever this world may lead us. We're like a ship without a sail, without a rudder, without a compass, and we're going to be tossed by every single wave that comes by. Oh, this, and then oh, that. And you have no bearing, you have no grounding in reality, and you do not know what the truth is. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And so when Paul's saying, if you want to be victorious over sin, then know the truth and gird your waist with it. Suit up with truth. Know the word of God so that you can recognize the lies because there are things that happen in our life that push us away from not only God, but from his people, from his church. I mean, I've said this twice already, but what a great place to be is in church with people that love the Lord and want to see each other grow in our relationships with God. This is the place where Satan wants to keep us away from. He wants us to isolate ourselves. He wants to grind us after he binds us into sin and destroy us. We cannot believe the lies. So how do I know what the counterfeit is? I know what the real deal is. Just like at every bank, they don't show the bankers the counterfeit cash. They have them working with the real thing every single day, counting that money over and over again, counting that cheddar over and over again, you know, counting that cash. And then the guy comes in with a little counterfeit. Hey, I'd like to uh, deposit this. Up being counterfeit right there is not because they studied the counterfeit is because they knew the truth. They knew what was real. We need to know the truth and the truth is found in the word of God. So Satan would say like, hey, well, wear the belt of lies and deception. Have the, the breastplate of self-righteousness, otherwise known as I'm a good person. I'm better than they are. You know, I'm not Hitler. I'm not as bad as fill in the blank, that person over there or her back there. Breastplate of self-righteousness. I'm good in my own merit, man. Why do I need God? I'm a good person. I'm moral. I do good things. I open the door for people at Starbucks. I walk old ladies across the street. You know, I say thank you and you're welcome. I say please when I ask for things. No, otherwise we find ourselves in a place where we're separating ourselves from God by our self-righteousness. And then you know who else gets separated from us? Our friends and our family. It's called cocky, arrogant, self-righteous, legalistic, I'm better than you, condescending. It separates us from one another. And most importantly, it separates us from the Lord. Satan would even have us shod our feet, which means put on our feet, the bad news of strife and self-seeking. Instead of being others focused, as we'll see next week. He would have us take the shield of doubt. Like, I don't think God's going to make it. I just think it's all going to fall apart. You know, here I am and I'm going to just, I'm going to fail miserably. The shield of doubt. He would have us wear the helmet of condemnation. Where the things going on in our mind are condemning constantly. You know what you did? Yeah, I saw it. 
you worthless, terrible person. Who do you think you are? Condemnation. You've sinned. I don't know if any of you have ever babbled with that. Where your past gets thrown up in your face. Where you are constantly reminded of the things that you've done that are wrong. Oh, you remember that? I know what you did last summer. You know, like that kind of thing. I know it. Hey, I know what happened this time. And, and, and you're, you're wearing the, the helmet of condemnation. Or even take up, Satan would say, the sword of the flesh. Attacking people. Being abusive. You know, as I've mentioned before, you know, some of us have tongues like samurai swords. We're just like, ta, 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 and then people are like, blah, blah. Like, you know, after that, and we can cut down people verbally. But let me ask you this question. Have you ever noticed how telling lies can trip you up? Lies entrap you when you're telling them and when you're believing them. Lies entrap you when you're telling them because you're like, oh, man, this thing's spinning out of control. This one lie is turned into the snowball effect. And next thing you know, I'm covering myself and you get tripped up by your own lies. Well, I thought you said that you were at Disneyland last night. But instead, you're with her. I knew it. You know, and that kind of thing. And you can't watch it. And, but then also when you're believing them as well, you start believing lies. And all of a sudden, you start getting tripped up in all of these different things. That's why he says, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Truth. And that's the first thing we're looking at this morning, the belt of truth. And as I mentioned already, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Maybe you're here this morning and you're wondering, well, how do I break through these lies that I'm constantly thinking, that I'm hearing? How do I break through the lies that I'm reading about in the popular magazines at the grocery store and that I'm seeing in the movies? And, and how, how, do I, how do I break through these kind of things? You know, how, how, do I, how, do I, how do I really know what the truth is? Because, you know, I have all these people and they all have opinions, right? And everyone's entitled, entitled to their own opinion. I mean, you think that's okay and you think that's not okay, but you are somewhere in the middle over here. And then everyone... As many people as there are on this earth are opinions, and which one is the right opinion? Where is the authority? It's found in God's word. God, the Almighty, the, the, the one that created the universe, the one that set the world in motion, the one that created the galaxies that the Hubble telescope is, 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 is finding new ones. Every single, you know, uh, I, I know I, I've seen the, uh, these pictures are so far out. They're so huge, and they're so gigantic. And, like, this is not accidental you know my little brother had a baby recently and and i know all of us that you know have have children when you're you're going through that with your wife and and they put the little monitor up to to your wife's tummy and you hear the little the little heartbeat you know it's the coolest thing in the world you know it's like a little mini mini house beat you know it's like you know like right right there it's it really does it sounds just like that Okay, that doesn't sound like that, but it's just a little, little heartbeat. It's, it's just beating. And you think to yourself, you're like, that's so amazing. And they do the ultrasound, and then you see its head, and you see the curvature of, of its spine, and its feet all crunched up, and legs, and its chest, you know. And you think, how is this fortuitous circumstance, you know, fortuitous occurrences of accidental circumstances over billions of years? I mean, it doesn't make sense. God has given us his authority so we know what the truth is. So when everybody has an opinion, you know where the authority lies in God's word. 
Because, I mean, we see, I mean, I don't know if you guys watch television. I don't watch it very often, but there's a couple of shows that I really like. You know, like Person of Interest. I thought that was a really cool show. But, you know, they're, they're, they're totally pro, uh, um, you know, the whole, like, homosexual thing is coming, like, in, in, in every single TV show. You know, and all this kind of stuff. Well, they all say that this is okay. And, well, you know, do you ever see a movie where the boyfriend and girlfriend aren't sleeping together? I mean, it's like every single thing. It's just that's the norm. We, we, that's the way we live life, and, and that's absolutely fine, and we'll get married one day. Where do you draw the line and be like, okay, well, what is right and what is wrong? Because the way that social media works, the way that movies and music and everything, they're telling you one thing, but God's Word is telling us something completely different. And the problem that we will have as Christians is when we start becoming more influenced by pop culture than we are by God's Word. Because then we get emotionally involved. Well, I don't know if I could believe in a God that would do this. That just doesn't feel right to me. Feel right to me. Feel right to me. And I don't know if I'm really down with, you know, God doing this kind of thing. And all of a sudden, here's God. And what's supposed to be, here's you, starts to become, here's you. And here's God. Um, you know, I don't think God really knew what he was saying when he put this in the Bible. I mean, this is just like, well, what do we say? what's going on here? So how do I break free from the lies about myself or the lies that I've just seemed to be indoctrinated with? I'm in school all the way up and in my social activities? How do I know what the truth is? How do I know that I'm actually important? How do I break free from the lies that I feel that I'm unimportant and that God has forgotten about me or I have to live this way for the rest of my life or that it's too late for me to change? Well, Jesus said it best in John 8.32. He says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free you'll know the truth and it sets you free from believing the lies but we even as christians we believe the lies and then all of a sudden we start mulling over it and we get consumed by it and then we start believing it and the whole time it's just satan spinning it to get you off course to get you to a place where you walk away from God. Satan would love to trip you up and get you to fall in sin or even at best slow you down on your walk with God. Roadblock here, subtle sin here, discouragement here, bad friends that you haven't talked to in 25 years coming out of the woodworks here, you know, whatever it might be. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, it says, The author of Hebrews writes, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, meaning all these men and women that have gone before us, that have followed after the Lord, he says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus. So, the, the, the hall of faith, and as you look at, at, at the, the book of Hebrews, and he talks about these, these men and women that have gone before us that were men of renown, mighty men and women of faith. He says, we are surrounded. These are our forefathers. These are our forerunners. And since we're surrounded by all these great men and women that have shown us that it can be done, let us lay aside every weight. Like if we're running the race, man, why do we need the monkey on our back? If we're running the race to win, why are we running in, in like lugs you know like huge huge like stomping boots you know like why are we running that's not that's not conducive for a quick race lay aside every sin some of us feel so sluggish and we're like pushing through like oh you know i'm trying to get there you know oh 
oh, and, and it's because of sin. It trips you up. It ensnares us. It weights us down. It weights us down. But I love what he says in verse 2 of Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus. So, man, who do I look to in this world? Like, where can I even find a good role model? You know, who do I, who do I look to to show me, like, follow me in this way, or, or this is the right path? He says, looking unto Jesus. And it's the, the thing is so cool is, is that he says, he's the author, which means he was there with you at the beginning. He began you, and he will get you to the end. And every place in the interim, he will be there with you as well. So in the world, we're like, what's truth? Where do I look? I look unto Jesus. Not Tupac. Not Little Wayne. Not Maroon 5. Not George Clooney. Definitely not Tom Cruise. You know, as we continue going through, you know, where do I look? It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So, you stand having girded the waist with truth. So, if you want to be victorious over sin, you need to know what the Word of God says, and you need to have that as your belt. This is how I suit up with truth. With truth. Otherwise, it's going to be every man for himself, and everyone's entitled to their own opinion. You want to know the truth, and you want to be set free? Then you know the Word of God. Secondly, in verse 14, he says, Stand therefore, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. If you can picture that Roman soldier in your mind with a armor plate that gets strapped to his chest, meant to protect his lungs and his heart, his vital organs. That you could smack that with a, you know, anvil or, you know, slash it with a sword and it would give protection to this area, the vital area, the, the kill area, if you were fighting against somebody. But the things that hinder us from wearing this breastplate of righteousness are two things. Self-righteousness is number one. I'm a good person syndrome, I like to call it. I'm better than they are. I don't need anything because I do good deeds and my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds. You know, that's not, that's not going to help and it's not going to work. When push comes to shove and you're head on in a battle with sin, you will be absolutely destroyed. And I'm not trying to be mean and I'm not trying to, to, to put, you know, put you down on this, but I'm telling you, you, including myself, we will be destroyed if we think that we stand against Satan in our own self-righteousness. If you do that, you'll be obliterated. The second thing is unconfessed sin. You cannot be righteous before God when you're in sin. If you have unconfessed sin in your life, you are separating yourself from the Lord. And the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. So if you're living and you're like, man, I want to be victorious. I want to go forward. I want to conquer. I want to stand. But you have sin in your life. You are exposing yourself to deadly blows. Unconfessed sin, self-righteousness, the two top things that will hinder you from wearing the breastplate of righteousness. See, God protects our spiritual vitality, get this, with His righteousness. His righteousness, not ours, not yours. Let me say this again. God protects our spiritual vitality with His righteousness. He is perfect in every way was tested in every way that we're tested yet without sin. He never sinned, but he experienced that temptation. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, it says, 
For he made him, speaking of Jesus, he made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What an amazing verse. Guys, we are righteous because of Jesus. And so when we're dealing with our self-esteem and like, oh man, I don't feel very loved or, you know, my friends all ditched me or whatever. You know, I'm not right with God or whatever. Listen, it's not about your good deeds. It's about what Jesus has already done. Done. His righteousness. He made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us, to take our place, to die on the cross for our sins that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So we see sin and self-righteousness are mortal wounds. Man, if you get stabbed in the heart, done. In the lungs, done. If we think that our protection is our good works, we're in deep trouble. We're in deep trouble. Because here's how it goes. Hey, I didn't sin yesterday, and I actually have got a string of seven days straight where I didn't do that particular sin, so I think I'm good. Done. Right there. Done. Oh, you know, I don't really struggle in that area. You know, I think I got that under control. Ain't done. It's not our righteousness. It's his righteousness. There go I, but by the grace of God. We need the Lord's righteousness on us. But what does that do for us when we have sinned, though? And Satan comes in with those lies that I've already mentioned where, you know, you've blown it too much. It's too late for you. You're not worthy. You're not able. God's not, you know, whatever. It's like, it's not my righteousness. It's God's righteousness. It's Jesus' righteousness. It's his. It belongs to him. He's given that to me. And so when you're feeling discouraged or you're feeling like, I can't do this, we know that it's Jesus' righteousness that protects us. It's his righteousness, so we rely on that. We put that on daily because I know the truth, and I know that it's not by good works. I know that it's not about me. I know it's about Jesus and what he's done. And so my confidence goes up, and it's hard for us as human beings to get it because we're in a uh, work-based world. I mean, you work, you earn. You work, you earn. It's hard for us to be able to deal with, no, you can never earn this, and you can never work hard enough, and quite frankly, you're not capable. And here is righteousness because you have faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus. That's what gives us righteousness. Only by putting on the righteousness of Christ and even, by the way, reminding ourselves how we're righteous by having a relationship with Jesus, we are protected. We're protected against sin. We're protected against the wiles of the devil. Isaiah, I think, pretty much says it close to the best. In 64, verse 6, He says, but we are all like an unclean thing. And all our righteousness are like filthy rags. And we all fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Your righteousness, my righteousness in the sight of God is as filthy rags. It doesn't cut it. So when we think, yeah, yeah, ah, I got it. No, not at all. It's the Lord's righteousness. It should bring humility, too, for us as Christians where we recognize, you know, I have sinned and I've done bad things and Satan tries to throw those up in my past all the time. 
but I'm putting on the breastplate of Christ's righteousness and I'm recognizing that it's his righteousness that protects me. It's his righteousness that I'm holding on and that I'm strapping tight to who I am because that's what the word of God tells me. Because Romans 3.10 says, there is none righteous, no, not one. None, no, not one. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If we, stri- if we strive to stand against the attacks of Satan by wearing the breastplate of our own good merit or our own self-righteousness, we will be destroyed because you will be so depressed and so discouraged that you don't even want to get out of bed. Satan will absolutely have a field day with us. And so I'm hoping this year, uh-uh, no more. Uh-uh, no way, that's not happening again. Because we're going to understand the truth because it says it in the word of God. I'm going to hold fast to that. I'm going to gird my waist with God's word, his truth. I want to know the truth. I am going to place that breastplate of righteousness, which is not mine, but it is Christ alone. It is Christ alone, and I'm going to wear that. Know who you are in Jesus. It's his righteousness, and he's given it to you to protect you, to comfort you, and to reassure you. You can find assurance in him. But you don't know what I've done. That may be true, but God does. And his forgiveness is completely capable of covering all of that. But you don't know how many times and how long I've struggled with this. Listen, do you want to stand or do you want to fall? Oh, I want to stand. Then know the truth. And recognize that it's going to be the breastplate of God's righteousness on you so that when you feel like, oh man, I've already sinned, I might as well just dive in. And there you are like, you know, because that's what happens with sin. You open the door, oh man, I shouldn't have done it. And then you give in and then just you dive in. That's the way we do it as human beings. It's not just like, oh, one, it's usually, oh man, I've tried to resist this and now I've given into it and now I'm in a habit and now I'm in a lifestyle. And it snowballs. Don't do it anymore. Be done with it. We're going to continue over the next few weeks and learning how we can resist effectively. But as we started off and how it's laid out in Scripture, truth is where he starts. Know the truth. Know the truth that it's Christ's righteousness that will protect you and protect your life. Hold fast to those things. He's going to comfort you. He's going to assure you. And he's going to strengthen you for the work ahead. And I know this week you're going to hold on to these things. Because Satan's come to rob, to kill, and to destroy. But you're gonna get you're gonna get the upper hand. You're gonna get the upper hand. You're gonna win. Don't you want to win? Don't you want to be victorious? Don't you want to overcome? Don't you want to be better than that? The same tricks, the same lies over and over and over again. Are we done with it? Do we want to go forward? Do we want to stand? I hope so. Is there anybody out there that wants to stand this year? Anybody at all? I hope so. This isn't like, oh, let me do my time. This is real stuff, man. This is real. This is what the Word of God is telling us. Hold fast that belt of truth and put on Christ's righteousness and you will not go wrong. All right? You guys with me on this? Because we're going to grow, we're going to learn, and we're going to see how we can stand and do everything that we need to to stand. All right, so... This week, stay in prayer, stay in the word, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Armor up, baby. Armor up. Every single day, let's do this.
So before we conclude, well, that concludes our message this morning. But before we conclude our service, what's going to happen is in just a second, Adriel's going to come out and give us a couple quick announcements. He's going to close our service with prayer, and then we're going to have one uh, last worship song. So file these things away. Hold fast to these things in your heart. If you've jotted them down, look over them. If you missed a couple things, maybe your friends, you know, talk about it. Discuss these things. Pray specifically for these things. That we would be men and women that know the truth. And that we would be men and women that are not confident in ourselves, but are in complete dependence upon Christ and His righteousness. So, amen.